Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you. Going to be helping you figure out uh, how to know whether or not you might have met your match, been fallen in love. But again, as always, this applies to things that are outside of the romantic domain. Because some of y'all are married in happy relationships, but we're using the entry point of uh, what it feels like on a date. But again, this applies to friendships, family members. I really like these decision-making rubrics where we kind of run ourselves through these things. Why? Because we're always thinking about mental health first. It doesn't matter how cool they are, how hot they are, or <laughs> what life we might have built with them. Our mental health comes first. But before we get into that, just a loving reminder. I want us all to keep checking in on those around us. You know, your, your quiet friend. Check in on them. You might be the only person that did. You know how heartbreaking it is to pick up your phone after many hours having gone by and no one has reached out. And also to the uh, people that you think are very high functioning and might not need it. Often they do. I had a really profound experience of my own where I was checking in on a friend of mine. It was one of those like, you know, called them. What? Telephone calls. I know. I know. It still happens. I have some friends where if I were to call them, they're like, what are you doing? Why are you calling me? Is there an emergency? Use text like a normal person. And I'm like, well, not only am I not normal, I'm not trying to be normal and I like intimacy. There's nothing wrong with texting. I have some friends where our entire relationship between times we maybe see each other or between you know, deeper phone calls is just texting. I'm glad we have it because I would probably then just go longer periods of time without really connecting. Texting's, it's easy and that can be a good thing. I don't want the entire relationship for some of these people to be dependent on just texting only, but you know, maybe we have people in our lives where we don't want to get any closer than just a little bit of texting and that's cool. Um, so, you know, reach out to people that are on your mind, people that, you know, maybe, you know, are a little more introverted, but also people that are higher functioning. My point was, and I got a little distracted, I have a friend that's very uh, extroverted, outgoing, in my mind has a large social group, very high functioning, and got on the phone. I was like, yo, man, how you been? And he was like, kind of lonely. And I was like, bam. And I had decided, right, which we often do, we decide and, and fantasize uh, about what we imagine someone's life is like. And I decided for him that he was still very social. And turns out he isn't. 
<laughs> he's been going through some changes in his life and it really meant a lot that I'd reached out. He had said, there's actually a few people in my life that have just gotten sober and um, he's one of them. He lives on the East Coast and he was like, yeah, I'm sober now. And so I don't really spend time with a lot of my friends. The fact that I don't drink, he said, I realized that a lot of the people I've been spending time with socially, it was just really a drinking buddy or two. And now that I'm sober, um, I'm realizing who's really meaningful and important to me and who I can spend time with and you know who wants to actually get to know me and spend time with me outside of drinking. And that's not to knock your drinking buddies. You're glad you have them. That's what they're there for. But often they're not always, you know, deeper, sustainable relationships. So anyway, I was glad I'd reached out to him because again, we often project these fantasies onto people about who they are, what they're up to, what they're doing. Um, And that's not always true because people grow and change and we have to update our understanding of who someone is. I've had some people hold me accountable to who I have been. I can only be held accountable to who I am now. I can't be held accountable to who I was last year or five years ago. I've grown since then. I don't even recognize that person, which is why it hurts my heart when we're trying to cancel people based on things they've said a long time ago that they maybe no longer believe. I, I've said this on the show before. I, I said to all my clients that are in recovery, hey, all these nasty things you might have done while you were in your addiction, um, you don't need to carry that forward as who you are. You're allowed to put that baggage down. Just you know, repair whatever needs repairing, learn your lessons, hold yourself accountable to being better and being different. And in doing so, you get to relieve yourself of anything you've done in the past. So I think it's really stupid that people dig through people's tweets and they want to pull out a tweet from 10 years ago. Oh, you said this 10 years ago. I've grown and changed, you know? It's such a ridiculous thing that we do. But the point in the current space that I really want to zero in on is that we want to not decide or assume who someone is. Um, Case in point is that. And also I've had some powerful examples beyond that where, you know, years have gone by, someone wanted to catch up and I didn't because I was like, oh, you know, that person is, you know, maybe a partier and I don't drink, I don't enjoy the bar and club scene in in any capacity. And I don't really tend to enjoy people where they center their lives in that, you know, no, no judgment. That's just a fact for me. And this person also had gotten sober and really gotten into spirituality. And I was really glad that I gave them the opportunity to show me who they are now. And now it's one of my best friends. It's a really beautiful story. I'll tell it sometime in its, um, you know, in its uh, entirety. But um, reach out to people. That's really the takeaway. Reach out to people, check in on them, let them know that someone's thinking about them. Um, sometimes that is something that makes their day. Sometimes that is also something that saves someone's life, you know? It's a profound thing. I I hate having to say it like that, but that's the case. Anywho, you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Topics you want covered, put them in there as well. Things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. We love to hear it all from you. Put that in the IG page on our Loveline, um, on our Loveline IG page, I should say. And past episodes, head on over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. There you'll find all that good stuff. Coming up next, though, like I said, we are going to talk about all the things you want to consider after you leave a date. There's some really, really meaningful questions. I was just before when I was preparing for this, I was kind of reading through them myself and I was like, ah, these are really good. So um, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back we're talking about these uh questions you want to kind of run yourself through after after a first date helps us get a better understanding of um the impact someone is having on us. Why? Because again, finding someone hot, enjoy that. That's awesome. Enjoying someone, also enjoy that. That is awesome. But we want to go a little bit deeper if we're going to build a primary, securely attached relationship with this person. Uh, the securely attached part that I throw in there means uh, not just that they're a primary person in your life. It also means that you're taking responsibility for them, that they are in your care. Uh, this means I'm trying to build a truly committed relationship and we are both on the same page with wanting to do this as adults. Others want a more childlike, casual, sloppy kind of dynamic. I don't know how to help people work on that. I only work with people that want to truly work on trust and commitment and build intimacy. It's all I got for y'all. But there's some questions you want to ask yourself and I love these. I have been using these for everything. I ask these about myself when I've spent time with a friend, a family member, it doesn't matter. It's all really about the impact that people have on us. Um, side note, we know from interpersonal neurobiology, which is a very, very advanced field, 
some really, 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 really uh, highly intellectualized concepts and language in there. I mean, it's truly a crash course in basic neurology. Um, I've been studying this stuff for like a decade, and I'm still, still at the uh, elementary level. There's just so much to it, and all the, you know, writers and um, philosophers and neuroscientists within this field. God bless them. Smart group of people. Um, Anyway, we, we are so aware of how our brains, our nervous systems are like a sponge and they just absorb everything that's around us. They are neural networks. The structure and function of our brains and our nervous systems are literally dependent upon experiences of learning. Experience dependent learning is what they call it. And that learning really means just our experiences of those around us. That's what that means. Um, Learning, we, we think that, that that entails sitting down with a book or a teacher or something like that. No, learning goes on every second as we're moving through the world. Our brains are learning and being restructured based on what we're giving focused attention to. Now, that is a good thing and a bad thing. For those that obsess and ruminate, that's bad because you're priming your brain and your, your neural networks and your brain structure to always be on high alert or to keep taking in a lot of things that you will then see as threats. Our brain's very associative. It's a protective thing. Our brain is not, you know, this is why people are like, oh, everyone's so negative. Yes, our brains are wired towards negativity because it's a primal protective mechanism. We, Our brain just wants to keep us safe. It is not meant to or built to encode and build in positive experiences. It's not supposed to help us fall in love or help us create symphonies or build these architectural achievements. It's supposed to be a protective mechanism first, built on interpersonal relationships relationships, but it is built on millions and millions of years. Um, and so what we put our focused attention on is so important. And that means what conversations and people and relationships are we embedding ourselves in? What impact is that having on us? Again, our nervous system, our brain is like a vacuum, just sucking it all in. And what we repeatedly return to and feel and experience and think is, is where our directed attention goes. And we are building that in. So if you're always around conflict because you're in a relationship or married to someone where there's nonstop conflict or harm or violence, yes, your brain is impacted by that. Get the heck out. And we want to think about that around friends. And that's why these little questions, as basic as they sound, are so meaningful. These questions are not just about the quality of your life or your mental health while dating or in relationship with these individuals. This is also the neural networks that you're strengthening and building and the literal structure and function of your brain. Again, experience dependent learning. All that you are encountering is impacting your brain. <laughs> that is good and bad. And that is why mindfulness and meditation are so helpful because they really help us learn how to work with our minds and they really restructure that and they make us better able to manage and navigate our thinking and our feeling and our actions. Um, so these questions are literally about how you're building your brain. Um, I, I, I could go on endlessly about this, but think about the health and the impact that the people you spend the most time around have on you and how you feel when you're with them, and that's your brain. Um, and also we know, this is uh, Parker Palmer's work, I think, um, we teach who we are. So we teach and we parent based on who we are. So the world we're living in and how we feel and think, we transmit that to the people we're teaching, to the people that are you know, patients in our practice, to the children that are in our care. We transmit that. 
And so what does that mean? That means as a parent, as a friend, as a teacher, as a therapist, as anyone in these impactful relationships with others, we really have to be thoughtful about where we are putting ourselves because we're transmitting that. Um, it's quite fascinating. I'll drop deeper into it in another show, but uh, we're, we're staying just with these general dating questions that again, you can apply to friends as well. First one is drum roll. And again, I want you to ask yourself this after you spend time with literally anyone or anywhere. Um, apply this to how you feel at your job. Um, school, classmates, family members, holidays. What side of me did they bring out? Now, I love that question because it really acknowledges the reciprocal nature of relationships, that everything that happens within your relationship to anyone you're in relationship to, socially, platonically, familiarly, sexually, that it is a co-creation and that we are impacting each other. We do make people feel things. We do impact each other. We are open systems, right? That's what we were literally, that's what I've just been rambling about so far on the show. We're open systems. We're always absorbing. Um, our health is built upon that. So what side of me did this person bring out? What side of me does my job bring out? What side of me does my social life bring out? What side of me does school bring out? That matters. That is your mental health, but it's also your brain and your nervous system. And then you're taking that home to your family members, or you're taking that into the classroom with the students you teach, or you're taking that to work with the employees that you supervise. You're taking that into your private practice. It's really meaningful stuff. That's why I loved uh, when a client a long time ago was like, how's your mental health? Because I'm in your care. And I was like, ooh, good question. We should all be asking that of our supervisors, our bosses, our teachers, the people we're dating. Yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Um, all right, we're gonna take, gonna take a moment. And uh, coming up next, we're gonna keep talking about these powerful questions. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back and I'm scaring you straight, straight into asking yourselves these questions. Uh, it's kind of like a dad pun. Um, we're talking tonight about a lot of stuff. Mainly though, how our nervous systems and our brains are built on the relationships that we're a part of and the experiences we um, allow ourselves to be around to the extent that we have control of that. Often we don't. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. Talking about how essentially our brains are a uh, protective mechanism more so than anything else. And they're really encoding negative experiences and risks and danger very quickly and easily. If you want to really encode and be impacted by a positive experience, check this out. It takes milliseconds for an experience that has a protective mechanism to it, something that's about something that makes us anxious or danger to encode. But if we want to really hold on to and be impacted by a positive experience, we have to sit with it and hold it in our attention for about five seconds because our brains aren't really built to be holding that. It doesn't need to. There's nothing protective in that. Uh, I know it works against us. It works for us. That's why I always say our memory, it's the greatest thing and the biggest weapon. We will remember things. Our brains are associative. We will be reminded. You will smell a perfume and be taken back to five years prior when something happened. You will hear a song and be transported back as well to something that happened. Usually negative because our brain really quickly and very powerfully will hold on to negative experiences. Negativity is something we have to work on working against. And we have to do that by focusing more on positive things, spending time around more positive things and sitting with them longer. Directed attention is what does that. And I'm not about toxic positivity. We need to also be negative. We need to talk about what we're upset about. It's okay to challenge things. It's okay to not enjoy something. There's nothing wrong with that. But we also wanna make sure that we're building in positive experiences and not just building a negative oriented brain in its totality. But what we're really also rambling about 
is this list of questions that's really important for us to ask in service of what I just said. And these are things that can really save you a lot of time, especially if you're talking about dating and other relationships. And the first one is, what side of me did they bring out? I love that. You walk away from a date or you even walk away from spending time with your husband or wife of 30 years. What side of me did they bring out? That tells you whether or not some work needs to be done or whether or not you should see this person again. Same thing with a friendship. I've I had to walk away from a friendship, which is a really hard thing to do because I realized I don't like the side of me that they bring out. Someone might say, well, Dr. Chris, they don't have control over you. Yes, they do. We, we Social contagion theory, inner subjectivity, mirror neurons, interpersonal neurobiology. We do wire and are impacted. Our brains literally are experience dependent based on what we're around. And some people, based on their negativity, based on their abuse, based on the way they see the world, based on how they talk to us, how they treat us, we are impacted by that. Our self-esteem, as I say all the time, is relational. It's an accumulation of all the ways the world and others have treated us and the value and worth they tell us we have. We internalize that. So part of the self-love journey is about being around people that reflect back that you have worth and value. It's 100%. It's not just an inside job. Not at all. It's, it's actually mostly an outside job. So we want to ask that question. What side of me is brought out when I'm around this person? Yes, we have some control over that. But a lot of times, everything we do with another person is co-created. We're playing off of them. And we want to look at that. What side of me comes out when I'm around them? What can I do with that? Or is that just based on who they are? And am I okay with that? Do I want to keep seeing them? Here's another one. How did my body feel during time spent with them? How did my body feel, for instance, on that date? Was I relaxed or was I feeling tense? And again, the question, of course, is, is that my work? Because maybe it's about you settling down, tapping into some confidence, um, directing the conversation in other ways and areas, or it's a result of how they're showing up to you, what you are maybe co-creating or what they're exclusively bringing in. Um, all that counts, all that matters. So ask yourself that every time you spend time at work, at school, with your supervisor, with your teacher, with your friend, with your family member on a date, the first question again is what side of me comes out? And also the second question is how did my body feel while I was with them? Did I feel safe? Did I feel unsafe? Did I feel seen and listened to or the opposite? Do I feel better? Or do I feel worse? That's important. And I think sometimes that'll communicate more. Because if we're talking exclusively about the romantic date stuff, you might be like goo goo gaga drooling because this person's so hot, but you're realizing I don't feel comfortable or I don't feel relaxed or I don't feel secure in my body. And that might be because they won't let you or because you're pick, you're, you are picking up on something um, or because of the topics they're bringing up or the way they're looking at you. I mean, there's so much in that. Like our bodies will give us so much important information if we're willing to listen, but we often just override it, undermine it, ignore it. Listen, I love these questions. Um, these are the kinds of things we should be considering. It kind of goes back to my famous before, during, and after. How do I feel before I see them? How do I feel while I'm with them? How do I feel after I've been with them? And the answer should always be positive to neutral. Sometimes it may be negative depending on who it is, but if it's always negative, always bad, get out. <laughs> do whatever you need to do to make necessary changes, or maybe it's time to just bolt. Um, yeah, so think about that. I know this, this causes the, an, an important encounter with the truth of some of the people and relationships we have in our lives. We don't always want to look at this stuff, but you know, mental health first, that's my gig. Always about mental health first. All right. We're going to take, um, we're going to take a moment. We're going to come back and we're going to be doing some DMS. So coming up next, we're going to slide into those DMS. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMS on our love line, IG page questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. We love hearing from you. So 
drop it right in there. And if you want to check out past episodes of the show, you can go over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. It's all there. You can binge, post, share, we listen. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back. And uh, gosh, looking at this article, here's the headline. Apps promised a sexual revolution, but they just made dating weird. I know y'all hang in there. Uh, New people joining every day. Just a reminder for those that are single looking for love. uh, Apps are difficult. I'm always trying to challenge everyone to bring a little bit more care and compassion to them. Some more ethics. But uh, just remember, that's not the entire world. Don't let your experience of the apps and the people you're meeting on them be something that you universalize. That is but a moment in time. Those are the people that are on there right now. There is more to come. Hang in there. There's tons of people that exist that are single and a possible match that are out in the world that aren't even on those apps. So don't don't shrink the whole world down to just what you're seeing. And also remember that we have more time. A lot of people go on those apps and they're like, I got to find something today or I got to find something now. Got to kind of let go a little bit. Um, But now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I love listening to your show and uh, made me think about self-esteem. How do you find self-love to rebuild self-esteem after a painful breakup? Ah, painful breakups. I know. Breakups, you know, they, they exist for a while. They can leave a little bit of, they can leave echoes, as we say, where, um, after a breakup and after whatever's gone on, um, you know, we are left with whatever was said to us last or whatever kind of struggles we had. So I always remind people first off that whatever came out of that relationship, some, some of those things are about who you are and you want to be aware of that moving forward. And some of that's just about what you and this individual co-created and it's about the person you were with and it's not something about yourself. So just remember that. Also, it's important to spend time around people that care about us so they can reflect back our worth and our value. So make sure you are spending time around people that you connect with so you can be reminded of the awesome person that you are. Um, Also, just, you know, move into the world, experiencing the newness and the novelty that's ahead of you. Um, There's something about pushing forward and trying out all these new things that maybe we've kind of let drift from our lives, reconnecting with people, reconnecting with hobbies, things like that. But the main pieces are spending time around people that reflect back our worth and value, spending time in social spaces that are important to us and they kind of ground us in our identity and who we are in the world. And um, also just being thoughtful about taking time away from that past relationship. And what I mean by that is not spending time ruminating about what went wrong, what does that say about you, what are the things that you walked away internalizing about who you are. It's really easy to do that. And also to feel unlovable. Again, getting back out there in the dating world is a really good way for a lot of people to be reminded of their worth and value and also their desirability and also be reminded that there's more to come. And even if you're not ready to date, sometimes just kind of being on the apps or out in the world flirting a little bit or just moving through the world, acknowledging all the single individuals that exist can also be really healing. Um, But ideally, we're not in relationships with people that really erode at our self-esteem. And so it's just about accepting that not every relationship has longevity and that doesn't have to be a commentary on, on who you are or your worth or again, what's possible moving forward in your life otherwise. So just kind of be where you're at, but think about re-entering the dating world. And again, if not, just be spending time in people, you know, with people and in places and with things that really remind you of your worth and value. Um, I think a breakup can also be something that can have a spiritual aspect to it if you choose to see it that way, where we can learn about who we are 
and um and we're forced to look back at the gifts that maybe the relationship gave us, even if it didn't progress in the ways we wanted, even if there was some harm that was done in it. It can also have been of value. Some people got into relationships during COVID and then got out of them right afterwards. And that wasn't wasted time. That still provided some really beautiful moments and maybe someone kept you company through that time. Don't throw away the entire relationship um, just because it didn't have longevity. That doesn't mean there wasn't some beautiful moments. And often when we think back, we realize we're happy to have had what we had. It can't be about waste. You know, the worth of something isn't rooted in its length of time. So be very cautious about that. Sometimes people kind of reframe who they are in the relationship because it didn't last forever. Don't do that. Um, I think that's the worst part of a breakup is devaluing what you had because of the length of time it existed. I hear that happening all the time. So we got to be better than that. All right. We will be back. Uh, Want to check out past episodes? Go over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. It's all there. And if you got questions for us, drop it in the DMs, the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around, y'all. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about these important questions that really help us assess the role someone plays in our lives. I, I often drop little, um, what do they call them? Prompts, little prompts to uh, get our brains thinking, get our minds focused on the right things to kind of bring us back. And uh, here's a bunch of ones that we're applying. You know, they're, they're essentially and initially romantically skewed. But this applies to everything and anyone, every place you go, your job, school, family members, holidays with certain people, friends. I love that. And the first question was, um, what side of me do they bring out? What side of me comes out when I'm around these people? And a lot of people can think about that their social circle, especially when you're younger or even when you're older. Like every time I'm with them, is it, are, they, you know, are we always getting drunk? Every time I'm with them, are we just kind of spending time gossiping about other people? That's not a great thing. But the thing is, that there's a plasticity and a flexibility to all of our relationships. So remember, it's not about being like, oh man, I don't like the part of me that comes out when I'm around them, so I'm out. No, try to be a positive influence first. Like, hey guys, that's kind of mean. Can we can we talk a little kinder? Or I'm working on not gossiping. Can we change the conversation? Or hey, can we do something that doesn't involve alcohol? I'm trying to drink less, or I'm trying to not drink at all. Give people the opportunity and give them the opportunity a few times to grow and change. I, you know, there's times in my life where I probably wasn't the best influence, but had certain people given me the opportunity to maybe show up better or differently, I, I might have. Um, and I try to afford that to those in my life as well. And even on dates, certain things will be done where I'll be like, oh, that didn't feel comfortable to me. Can we, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you give them a chance to see. Sometimes they're just horrible and you're like, all right, I'm out. And other times they, they meet you where you're at. And um, also give people a chance to have grown. Whatever they might have said or done years ago might not be who they are now. We need to let people be who they are now. Some people are working really hard and we need to honor who they are. That's why I am not and will never be a fan of what someone did years ago. That's not who they are now. People grow and change. That's an attempt to really zero in on a solid self. We don't have an, a solid self. We don't have a static authenticity. Our authenticity in ourself is constantly changing and growing. Whoever I was last week isn't who I am this week. And who I was three years ago is not who I am now. Things I thought five years ago are not what I think now in a lot of ways. So I release myself from who I was prior to this moment. We all need to do that. Hold space for that. So these questions aren't meant to be hard-lined. 
Um, first one was again, at what side of me does this person, place or thing bring out? It's important to look at the influence. And then how does my body feel while I'm around this person, place and thing? I should feel safe. I should feel good. I should feel better. But are they making me feel scared, worse, tense? Sometimes people aren't good for us. Friends, family members, um, a date. Maybe they're talking poorly about us or create, bringing up topics that make us feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Honor that. Honor that. I know that sometimes if they're hot enough, we get along well in other areas that will excuse some of these things, but these are real. These matter. Another thing to think about is, I love this one. Do I feel more energized than I did before the date or less energized? Kind of my before, during, and after. How do you feel before when you're thinking about seeing them or spending time with them or you see that they're calling you or just sent you a text? That matters. How do you feel while you're with them? And also, how do you feel afterwards? And this hits that. You want to feel better and more energized having spent time somewhere and apply that to school and your job. Maybe it's time to get a new supervisor, change your role at job or your professor or your class or the school. I don't know. You have to figure out how this applies, but we come first. Our mental health comes first, more so than whatever else is going on around us. Really center that. So I love these questions. Energized or is the energy sucked out of us? Some of us have people in our lives where every time we walk away from having spent time with them, we feel depleted and tired and flattened. That is not a good sign. That is not a sign that this person, place, or thing should be kept in our lives. But again, we're trying to influence them as much as we can and create whatever change we can. And then if that's not necessary or possible, we slowly then kind of back off and away from that. Um, I always want to hold space for the, the idea that people can and do change. People do. Our brains are constantly being shaped and changed by the things that we're spending time around. More importantly, as we talked about earlier in the show, the things that we're giving our focused attention to. So ask yourself that as well. Like, what am I focusing my attention on? Because that's building these neural networks and the structure and function of my brain and my nervous system. Like, it impacts me. I'm influenced by that. What are my top influences? You know, look through your phone. What is it? What are the themes that you that are coming up on your you know Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and TikTok? That's your influences. What kind of music am I listening to? What kind of messaging are they giving? The shows I'm watching. What are the themes that are coming up? That's that's you. That then is a picture of you. <laughs> that is who you are. That's what you're being built by. Take that take that stuff seriously. Um, I, again, I'm going to go on and on about as much as I can on these shows, looking at these external influences because we internalize them. And we want to really harness that to set us up to be our best and to feel our best and to walk away feeling energized. So I love that. How do you feel afterwards? Is that person, place, or thing like a, an energy vampire, as they say, where they're just sucking? That is no good. Get away from that. Um, all right, well, coming up next, though, we're going to keep talking about these questions. So um, stick around for that. And uh, like I said, later in the show, as we always do, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, you know the drill. Drop those DMs, uh, questions, topics you want covered in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Um, but we'll be back talking about these important questions to help us assess the mental health impact of people, places, and things around us. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about people, places, and things, the impact they have on us, asking a few important questions to really assess what we're internalizing. And as we talked about the opening of the show, what we're allowing to influence and change 
the structure and function of our brain and nervous systems. What? I know, plasticity, neuroplasticity, it's quite a thing. It's experience dependent, which means it's dependent upon the learning that happens at every moment and second of our lives. What does that mean? It means the impact that all the things around us are having on us. It's vast, it's great, it's deep, it's structural. <laughs> it's serious, take it seriously. You know, and that's why we're checking in on this. How, what part of me is brought out in this person, place, or thing? I love that around the holidays. You know, how does it feel when you go home to your family's dinner table for, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate with them? I love asking people that. And they're like, well, a really negative side of me, a really aggressive side. I feel like I have to defend myself. A lot of fights happen. And I go, well, that's not healthy because you're anticipating that on the way home. You're internalizing that on the way there and while there and afterwards. Wow, your poor brain and nervous system and the impact of that you, the impact of that, that you then take into the future. Maybe we need to um, shift that somehow, change that, or not even be a part of that. Then we're talking about how's your body feel during it? Oh God, someone might say about a date or going home to visit family or even their job. I feel tense. Um, I feel unsafe. Whoa, we got to talk about that. What changes can we make? Or is it time to look for something new and different or set a, a boundary with a colleague or your supervisor? Uh, maybe it's time to go to HR about the unhealthy working environment that you're forced to be a part of. Even though I know HR is not necessarily on your side, it's really the side of the company, but you know, nonetheless. Um, also, do I feel energized or de-energized? Checking in on that. We want to be around things that make us feel better, energized, not depleted, flattened. Um, I love this one. Is there something about them I'm curious about? That more so applies to the first date. When you walk away, are you curious about them? Meaning, are you interested in them? Because when we say, are you interested in them? Usually it's like, yeah, they're hot. Or yeah, they're funny. Okay, but let's go a little deeper. <laughs> are you interested in them? Is there something of interest about them that you want to connect to, go deeper into, or find out more about? That's what I'm really asking. Um, and we often bypass that by being like, no, I just want to kiss them and hug them and we're going to laugh and be giddy and hold hands. Awesome. Enjoy that. It's cute, especially in the beginning. But at some point that wears off, wears down and you're sitting there at a dinner table with them and it's all about the conversation and that cuteness and that hotness doesn't really matter. It's good. It's there. It kind of holds you up a little bit. It's like one of the legs on the chair, but there's other legs on that chair. They're important as well. Otherwise you're on the floor. There's other legs of that chair that are holding you up and keeping you uh, <laughs> stable are these other pieces. Are you curious about them? Is there something about them that's actually very interesting? That's an important one followed by, and this isn't necessary for everyone, although I think we all kind of enjoy this. Do they make you laugh? Now, the reason why I like that is it's not just about whether or not they're funny, although that's in there and that's joyful and we all need more joy in our lives, but it's also there's something about safety in that. You know, I feel safe around people that make me laugh because that means I feel comfortable enough really letting go with them and around them. And that's meaningful because safety is always an important word that I'll throw around. How do you, do you feel safe when you're with them? Do you feel safe when you're there? Do you feel safe at that place? That's such an important one and humor requires that. Humor is not something we're going to have access to for not feeling safe, comfortable, or taken care of. And so I love leading with that question. And humor, humor tells us that we're able to let go, we're able to soften, and there's also some intellectualism in that. So laughter is awesome. Um, that's, that's something that if that's present early on, that's a, um, a, a carrot that dangles, that pulls me forward. It feels so good to laugh. Um, we actually have a lot of really interesting interpersonal neurobiological research on that. Vagal tone, the vagus nerve, it's kind of part of fight or flight. 
it's deeper than that, but it's in play when we are in a safe relational space with someone. And when we're not feeling safe, it's really about getting back to that. And the way we can do that is by allowing some humor and some laughter that can center us. That's about feeling connected to someone. That's about feeling anchored. And so that's something that's really healthy for vagal tone is to be around safe people in safe spaces and safe relationships and able to soften enough to laugh. Um, and that's why if we're not feeling safe, if we're like walking down a neighbor in a neighborhood or a block and we're, you know, not feeling taken care of where it's dark, we don't like how people are looking at us. Um, a way to kind of soothe our system is by humming or by singing or by laughing. Those are all very soothing things. They have like a full body response in them. Um, we'll talk about that on another show, the uh, power of singing and humming to really get that vagus nerve soothing us. And that's why social relationships are so powerful as a regulator. Co-regulation, the regulation that another person can provide is always more powerful and impactful than self-regulation, the regulation we, we can do by ourselves. Other people, we need them. That's how much we need them. They help regulate us to the best we can be regulated. And that's why when we're feeling scared, we love seeing others. We love turning to others when we've had a hard day. But we have to be in these healthy relationships where we can actually access that because if you're not in a healthy relationship, those people won't be able to soothe you and they won't be able to regulate. They'll be doing the opposite. They'll be putting you into or keeping you in a fight or flight or fawn mode where you're people pleasing, where you're getting aggressive, or you're trying to get the heck out of there. That's why these questions matter. Again, our entire body's built on this. Um, so again, how do I feel? What part of me are they bringing out? Do I feel energized? Is there anything about them? I'm curious. Am I able to settle down and laugh with them? That's that play that as adults, we let go of, you know, I love dating and being friends with people where we can still be silly and play and be just kind of ridiculous. That's not about immaturity. That's actually quite mature because you're being authentic. That means you're confident. That means you're not all about respectability politics. You're not worried about how you're presenting. You're just being. Uh, all right. We got to take a little break though. Um, we'll be back though, talking about these important questions to ask around people, places, and things. Most importantly though, after a first date, it's what really should be guiding whether or not you want a second date. So stick around more to come. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Stick around. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're just finishing up our discussion of these important questions. Ask ourselves if any person, place, thing, and event to really decide the impact it's having on us, our brains, our nervous systems, our psyche, whether or not it's something we need to do some heavy, heavy work on to change or, you know, kind of influence it for the better or it's something maybe we need to exit. Not everyone and everything is able to be influenced if we try to kind of bring in those changes. I love people sitting down with their friend group being like, yo, we need to stop focusing our attention and, and really building in this idea that, you know, our body shape and size matters. So let's be that social group that doesn't body shame ourselves or talk about our bodies at all. Uh, or let's not be that group that's always drinking or can we stop being so gossipy? Awesome. Sometimes people are like, yeah, no. And then you got to go. But these are also great things to consider on dates. That's really what this is born out of. What side of me did they bring out? I love that. When you're spending time with this person on your date, what side did you bring out? An intellectual side of curiosity and awesome conversation? A playful, silly side where you're laughing a lot? Cool. Or do you feel really stiff because you don't really feel accepted or cared for? And they're really obnoxious and they're not asking questions of you or they're overly focused on something that you're not comfortable with or, or open to. Like, And then we check in on our body. Oh my God, am I feeling relaxed? Am I feeling safe? Am I feeling uptight? and protected. 
honor that. Listen to that. Is there anything about them I'm curious about? Do I want to actually sit down with them again? Are there, are there things I want to dive deeper into? Because that matters. Do they make me laugh? That's a really important part of feeling safe with someone. Also, do I feel heard? Listen to that one. I tell people all the time, you want to have a good date with someone, make sure they are talking a lot, not you. When you're going on a date with someone, make sure the person you're on a date with is talking a lot. Make sure you're asking them a lot of questions about themselves. When we're anxious, we tend to just talk, 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 talk. Some people are just self-obsessed and they're just talking about themselves. I've been on dates before where I had to be like, hi, there's someone else here. It was great learning a lot about you because you spoke about yourself the whole time, but maybe ask me something about myself. Otherwise, I can't believe you're actually trying to get to know me and I don't really want to see you again. You know, that's a big one. So the trick is ask the other person a lot about themselves. That will make them walk away feeling known and as though the date went well. And if you're not interested on asking them questions about themselves, ask yourself, why do you not like them? Are you not that interested in them? Or is that just something you have to work on because you tend to be a little self-focused and self-obsessive? So learn about yourself through that. I love this one as well. Question to ask after a date, during a date. Do I feel attractive in their presence? Yes, our self-esteem is reflected back to us. We wanna feel desirable. That's something that is given to us. And we wanna be around people where, yeah, if it's romantic, if it's a date, I wanna feel attractive around them. I don't want to have sex or any kind of romantic relationship with someone where I don't feel attractive. Um, And that means they have to be maybe flirty. They have to be complimentary. They have to say and do things that indicate that to me. That again is letting me know that they're not self-obsessed. That again is letting me know that they're interested in me. I want that. I want to be complimented. I want to be romanced, even as a man. It doesn't matter what gender my partner is. I want that as a man. That is not a gay thing. That is not a hetero thing. That is not a female thing. That's an everybody thing. Every human being wants to feel cared for. Every human being wants to feel heard. And every human being wants to feel attractive to their romantic and sexual partners. 100%. So if you're not doing that, ask yourself why not. But more importantly, these are things we're assessing for people we're on dates with. I don't want to go on a second date with someone where they made it all about them or I wasn't made to feel attractive or important. That's huge. How about this one? Do I feel captivated, bored, or something in between? Well, that's a big one for me. I've felt very bored on dates before. Um, Again, because maybe they're not asking about me or my life, or we just aren't compatible. Topics aren't being brought up that are of interest to me. There's a lot of people that are very simple. That's beautiful. That's okay. Um, I tend to read a lot. I like intellectualism. I like academia. I like philosophy. I like really pondering these bigger questions about life and existentialism. That's what's interesting to me. And that's not for everyone. And that's cool. Um, But, you know, it's about whatever's of interest to us, making sure around people that speak to that. We need that mirroring. That's an important psychological function is to have important parts of who we are mirrored back to us and validated 100%. That's not being needy. That's that's human nature. That's mental health. And so we want to be around people that are talking about those elements. Um, I need people in my life that are talking about philosophy and existentialism and social justice and social politics and mental health because that's what's of interest and important to me. Um, and if I'm on a date, they don't have to be my twin, but they have to at least in some level tap into that or provide a hook of curiosity around something. You know, sometimes you are surprised at where the conversations go and they go in a meaningful direction, you know, unexpectedly, but somewhere of value, it has to go somewhere of worth and value to you. Otherwise you're going to feel very alone and there's nothing more lonely than feeling alone while around and with other people. That's a more profound loneliness than one experiences when on their own, when being on their own. Oof. I've had that before. You're just around people. They're not your people that you're not connecting well. They're not talking about the things that are important to you. And you're like, I feel so alone. I don't only, I don't just feel alone. I also then feel othered. 
and maybe even marginalized, pushed out and pushed away by the lack of reciprocal interest in the topics being discussed. Woof, that's a gnarly one. I had that over New Year's, deeply. Telling you that was traumatic. Won't be doing that again. All right, <laughs> gonna gonna take gonna take a moment, and uh, when we come back, we're, <laughs> when we come back, I should say, we're gonna be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, and uh, we are channel Q. We are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes. Scroll down, look for the link, and click on it. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medellin, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, before we get to the DMs, just a really quick point. This is a little bit of a sound bite. Sometimes there's not, you know, sometimes something comes up that I don't think is worth putting a whole segment to or a whole show, but it's an interesting perspective. And I'm going to weave this back in down the road. So we'll revisit this. But I want to remind you that in a healthy relationship, a securely attached relationship, a relationship where we are wanting this person to be someone that we fuse with, um, remember that any solution has to be beneficial for both of you. If you're struggling with something and it's only beneficial for one of you, well, then it's not really pro-relationship. In a committed primary relationship, everything has to be equally beneficial. That doesn't mean that we don't compromise. That doesn't mean that we don't operate from a place of love. And love often means putting someone else's needs before your own. That is the definition of love. Um, you know, I know that someone's really honoring relationship and love and primacy when they are put out in, in service of the benefit of the person that they care about. It's a really beautiful, loving thing. So remember, you have to come up with mutually beneficial solutions. That's, that's always the goal. And again, we do want compromise. We do want people to put us first. We do want to put the other person first, but mutual beneficial outcomes are what we always kind of look for. And in compromise, don't, don't compromise if it's something that you are not comfortable with. Um, say we have to come back to that. We have to find a different solution, but compromise means I accept this decision and therefore I own it and therefore it becomes mine and I can't later complain about it or have resentment around it because it becomes my solution, becomes the choice that I make. And if I'm not ready to fully own it and embody it, then I need to say I'm not ready or we have to come back to this. Um, all right, time to slide into those DMs. 
sliding into the DMs. This one is a little bit like something we, I think we kind of answered a couple weeks ago, or at least it feels a little familiar. You know, again, maybe it's something that came up in my practice. It says, hey, Dr. Chris, what are your thoughts on the obsessiveness of the pursuit of muscular body types? Why are so many men trying to work on that ideal body, but not on their mental growth? Is it a byproduct of societal messages? Yes, 100%. Uh, I wish people took a day off from the gym and instead, at least, in the very least, made that one day about mental health, emotional health, or spirituality. I wish we actually did that every day. However many days a week you put into the gym in your physical body, you should be putting in at least that much into your psychological and mental body. Because I got to tell you something. Your gym body and your abs and your biceps have nothing to do with your quality of life. They do in that you feel like you can participate in culture in certain ways. You might have a higher market value. And that's meaningful in maybe the dating world. But outside of that, the important factors that really show up in terms of our relationship with family members, our ability to really engage in our career in the ways we want, our hobbies, and more importantly, as a primary, secondary, whatever kind of role we play in someone's life romantically and socially, it's all about our mental health. Those big biceps don't help when you're going through tough times, when there's grief and loss, when someone's dealing with job loss or the death of someone they care about, when you're dealing with relational conflict, has nothing to do with what happens in the bedroom, um, has nothing to do with the kind of partner you are, the kind of partner your partner will be to you. Your spirituality does, your mental health, your emotional health. So I wish we had more balance, but Again, we are a materialist, consumerist culture, and so we think of everything in terms of that, the material. We care more about the outside. Um, some people, when you ask them what they're looking for in a partner, that's all you'll hear them talk about. <laughs> Height, weight, how much they earn, how they dress. All of these things are form over character, but what really determines a successful, healthy relationship of all kinds with family members, colleagues, friends, loved ones, it's about the person you are, not the vehicle, your body that you move through the world with. So that's, I'm always proud of people that get into therapy. I'm always proud of people that have a spiritual practice. I'm proud of people that work on their mental health and all the various ways you can do that. Um, to I wish everyone else did as well. That's why a lot of the people end up in my office in marital therapy because they're not focusing on that. And at least they're coming in once a week to work on it, but it's a daily practice. You know, we're talking about getting eight hours of sleep a night. We're talking about getting eight glasses of water. We're talking about all sorts of things. Well, what are you doing for your mental and emotional health? And again, that impacts those around you. So working on that is an act of love, not just for yourself, but also for the people who have to interact with you. That old joke is, you know, a lot of people are in therapy because those in their life themselves won't go to therapy. Anyway, that is our show, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. If you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. And past episodes of the show, you can uh, check them out by heading over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Um, y'all be kind yourselves, but more importantly, be kind to those around you. Soften, soften, drop in the bar a little bit. Um, as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.